If you do live streaming, I want you to check out Restream. Restream is an online recording studio and streaming service that allows you to stream to multiple platforms all at once. You can have guests to do your live stream and nobody has to install anything because it's entirely browser-based. I use Restream for my live streams, and you should at least give them a chance to check them out. Go to liberty-lighthouse.com slash Restream, and I'll save you $10 when you sign up for their premium service. You can try it for free, but once you see all of the cool features that come with the premium service, I'm pretty sure you're going to want it. So again, liberty-lighthouse.com slash Restream to save $10 on that cool premium service. The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must take America back. That's right. We have to take America back, and that's why we do things like this. I'm coming to you from the state of independence, the birthplace of American liberty, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. I am your Thursday host here on National Intel Report, live on Republic Broadcasting Network and rebroadcast as Liberty Lighthouse on Mojo 5 Radio, WBN 324 Talk Radio, and Patriot Nation Radio Network. I am Peter Seraphine. A man, a legend, with a great beard. With the greatest beard in radio. This guy is the sweetest, nicest, most gentlest person you've ever met in your life. The man's really insightful and pretty freaking smart. With wit, sharp like safety scissors. I would I would walk over hot coals for this guy. With a golden voice behind the microphone. He's got a big, fat, juicy, beautiful brain. The Nostradamus of political prognostication. Your host, Peter Seraphine. I never forget that free speech is not free. Support this free speech network. Donate if you can. Buy their merchandise. Support the network sponsors. And, uh, you know, hey, it's Christmas time. So before you run out and buy all of your Christmas presents, check the network to see if maybe they've got a code. They've got a discount code or a promo code that you can use. Because every time you use a code like that, it helps the network or it helps the show. If you use Lighthouse at MyPillow.com, for example, I get a little something-something for that. And I greatly appreciate it. But tonight... In the second hour, I've got a a special guest, a great guest, a guest I have been working on trying to get on the show for months, Angel Harrelson. And to remind you who Angel Harrelson is, I've got a little something I'm going to play. This is one of my Liberty Minutes from back in uh, June. If my math is in January, June, yeah, June. We are living in a banana republic. I'm Peter Seraphine with today's Liberty Minute. Kenneth Harrelson is a disabled American veteran who has been in a D.C. jail for 476 days without a trial. The Speedy Trial Act of 1974 states that an indictment must happen within 30 days and a trial must commence within 70 days of the indictment. I say again, 
Kenneth Harrelson has been in jail for 476 days without a trial. If that isn't bad enough, his wife just received notice that the VA is canceling Kenneth's benefits, both compensation and medical, at the urging of the Biden Justice Department. Law requires he lose his benefits if convicted of subversive activity. Harrelson fought for American justice, but is being denied his liberty by the Justice Department. Stand up, people, or you might be next. Find so more news. That was the first time I reported on uh, on Kenneth Harrelson and Angel Harrelson. I did another one later. Uh, we'll probably play that when she comes on the show in the second hour. But I've been trying to get her on the show forever. We finally got schedules to work. She's going to be on tonight. I'm very excited about that. And his trial has concluded and with mixed results. So we'll see. We'll get her opinion on how she thinks it ended up when she comes in the second hour. But this first hour, I want to do something special. This first hour, I want to play radio theater. Anybody old enough to remember radio theater? I hope so. Radio theater is, it's a production. It's, it's a play that's put on, on the, over the radio. So I have a special announcement, a production, a play, if you will, that I am going to, uh, to do for this first hour. And in this production, there's a couple of things. I will have the phone lines open later. And I want you to play along. You as the guest, are, I, I need you to play along with the play. And you'll see what I mean in just a minute. And uh, I've, I've, in, I've asked the producer to screen the calls to make sure that you know what's going on as a caller and that you're willing to play along with the bit. And I think we could have a lot of fun with this bit if you call in and you help make it fun. So phone line will be open later, not yet. And that number is 512-248-8252. Or toll-free at 800-313-9443. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play an ad. I'm going to take a deep breath while this ad plays. And then when it comes back, when, when we come back, I'm going to be in character doing the play, okay? Hope you like it. T'was the night before Christmas. The kids snuggled asleep in their beds. When you heard a loud rumble, like Santa and his sled. So you went downstairs to take a peek, get a look. You were confronted by this creep, a crook. He drew his weapon, but you fired first. And now this creep could take all your worth. Secure your family with Right to Bear Insurance. Plans start at $10.95 a month with civil and criminal defense coverage options up to $2 million. Visit liberty-lighthouse.com slash right to bear to learn more or to sign up and start protecting what have now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all for coming to this press conference and thank you for those listening on the radio stations around the world. And uh, for those who don't know me, I'm Peter Seraphine. I'm a, I'm a Navy veteran, a Pennsylvania State Constable, and a talk radio show host. And tonight I am announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. <clears throat> so
235 years ago, our founding fathers wrote the U.S. Constitution and established the first government in the world that was designed to protect the liberty of the citizens. 125 years ago, our government began to think that they knew better than the authors of our Constitution. About the turn of the 20th century, Washington, D.C. started looking for loopholes and sidesteps around the Constitution designed to protect your freedoms and keep the government in check. The 440 alphabet agencies of the executive branch make the federal government the biggest employer in the nation. The small, landless, limited power federal government our founding fathers established is long gone. The $31 trillion national debt is ridiculous. Before federal income tax, the average citizen paid about 7% of their income in some form of tax. Now the average taxpayer pays over 35% in just income tax alone. Add in gasoline tax, property tax, sales tax, and every other tax you can imagine. And now you're probably giving over half of your money to the government. Government accounts for 57% of our country's gross domestic product, and yet they still run a 13-digit deficit every year. The executive branch of the federal government, in particular, has breached every separation of powers wall. Congress has unconstitutionally delegated lawmaking power to the same three-letter agencies responsible for enforcement of the administrative laws that they themselves create. My job as your president will be to shove the federal government back into the constitutional box. This will not be an easy task. No president in living memory has been able to shrink the size of government. Government itself has become a living entity that will fight for its own life like any animal. This animal doesn't care about you, me, our children, anyone, or anything other than its own power and growth. I've never had any political ambitions. I don't care what the animal of government does to me. I, I am in this fight for our freedom, our liberty, and the freedom of our children and grandchildren. My plan is simple. It will not be easy, but it is simple. My three-point plan is this. Shrink the size of the federal government, pay down the national debt, and separate the legislative, executive, and judicial powers again. Shrinking the size of the federal government will be the fight of our lives. In fact, let me take a moment to declare that I am not suicidal or depressed and then in the event of my accidental death, you should probably insist on a non-government investigation. 
I have a nice guy plan. A not-so-nice option. And an option of last resort. Let me say that again. I have a nice guy plan, a not-so-nice option, and an option of last resort. The nice plan is, well, I will ask the heads of every department, office, and agency in the executive branch to cut their own budget by 30% during my first year as your president. I am not naive enough to think that this will work just because I say please. When Ronald Reagan tried this approach, he was barely able to slow the growth of government. So, the not-so-nice plan is also simple. I will replace unwilling department heads. Some of these department heads will mount legal battles to keep their jobs. Again, the animal of government will fight ferociously to maintain its size and power. Legal fights over who the president can or cannot fire can take years. If that appears to be the case, my last resort option comes to the table. I will indiscriminately terminate executive branch employees based solely on the last digit of their social security number. I will pick three numbers at random, either by casting lots or rolling dice. And if the number chosen is the last digit of an employee's social security number, that employee will be fired. Many will say that this is a cruel plan. What is really cruel is taking half of your money, spending it, and then still spending trillions more. Paying down the national debt will start by cutting back on the size of government. But there is more that I can do as president. I will instruct the IRS to simplify the tax code. The current tax code is thousands of pages long, creating loopholes and manipulates behavior through tax credits and rebates. The entire framework of our government was spelled out in roughly 4,500 words in the U.S. Constitution, and there is no reason any law or regulation should ever exceed that same 4,500 words. I also have an ultimatum for Congress. I will not be shy in the use of my veto pen. I will immediately veto any and all spending bills that are not part of a balanced budget, regardless of which party sponsors the bill. The third point of my plan to take back our federal government is possibly the most important for protecting our future freedom and liberty, the constitutional separation of powers. As the chief executive, it will be my job to enforce the laws passed by Congress. That is exactly what I will do. I will instruct every one of the alphabet agencies to enforce laws as they are written. 
I will not pick and choose which to enforce. In fact, I will repeal all existing policies from past administrations which do not comply with the laws passed by Congress. In the beginning of this speech, I mentioned one of the most obvious breaches of the separation of powers. Executive branch agencies, which write their own regulations and have their own law enforcement. This clearly violates the spirit, if not the letter, of the separation of powers. An executive branch department, office, or agency should either write the administrative law or enforce it, but never both. On day one, I will dissolve the law enforcement agencies or law enforcement offices of all regulatory agencies. In summary, my administration will be entirely focused on constitutionality. I will be a law and order president with my primary focus on the supreme law of the land, the U.S. Constitution. Now, I will now take questions. For those listening on the radio, you can call 512-248-8252 or toll-free at 800-313-9443. You can also visit my campaign website, peterforpresident.com, and click the chat button there. If you don't want to have your voice broadcast, you can send me a message in text form, and I will answer it. Again, that's peterforpresident.com. That's the number four, so P-E-T-E-R four. P-R-E-S-E-D-I-N-T dot com. Peterforpresident.com. And uh, let the questions begin. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, you, Mr. Uh, Mr. McGill. Uh, yes, Mr. Seraphine. Could you tell me what you believe the fundamental purpose of government is? Thank you. Well, that is a great question. And in fact, that is a question that we the people should ask of anyone who asks for our vote. And I personally, I believe that there, there is only one correct answer to this question. And it is the quote from the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident that the, all men are created equal and that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men. Thomas Jefferson was very clear. The fundamental and primary purpose of government is to protect the rights of its citizens. And that is firmly how I believe a government should behave. Next question, please. Bob, Liberal Ideas Magazine. Your uh, announcement of candidacy for President of the United States did not identify any specific party. Can you tell us what party you will be seeking the nomination for? Well, Bob, you're right. I did not declare a party affiliation because I do not seek and will not accept the nomination from either half of the current Uniparty. 
both Democrats and Republicans have worked around and ignored the Constitution for far too long. I will not continue to play their childish party games. I am running as an independent candidate. However, I would be honored to accept the nomination of the Constitution Party. They are the only party of the five nationally recognized political parties which ties every point of their party platform directly back to the principles of the U.S. Constitution. And I urge you, if you are not familiar with the Constitution Party, I highly recommend doing a little of research and reading their party platform. Next question, please. Mr. Seraphine, the coronavirus has devastated our planet. The governments and pharmaceutical companies have yet to acknowledge, well, their participation, participation in such. What role should the U.S. government have in managing um, incidents such as that, if any? Well, Mr. O'Brien, COVID was a perfect example of why our founding fathers tried to limit the power and scope of the federal government. The real pandemic was a pandemic of fear and tyranny. Within a few weeks of COVID-19's arrival on the scene, it was already obvious to anyone who was at risk. Instead of taking steps to protect those who were really at risk, our government assumed powers not granted in the Constitution and violated several of our rights in the Bill of Rights and the basic principles of a liberty-based government. The entire episode exemplifies why I believe that is any of those three-letter agencies are to continue to exist, then they should have nothing more than advisory power. These executive branch agencies should advise Congress, and Congress can decide to act or not to act. Now, that arrangement may still not be perfect, but it is far better than allowing some chief executive to declare an emergency, assume unconstitutional power, and then extend that so-called emergency power for years on end. And Congress making those decisions, acting or not acting, is far better than unelected bureaucrats in three-letter agencies doing what they did for the last two years. Next question, please. Chris with Liberty Trees News Desk. Can you define your administration's policy on dealing with fake news? Well, fake news has been a problem in our nation since our second president, if not earlier. My policy is simple. You might see a pattern here. I like simple solutions, something that Washington, D.C. seems to be adverse to. The best defense against lies and fake news is facts and logic. My administration will be based on transparency, facts, and the First Amendment guarantee of free speech. Any member of the executive branch which is caught attempting to manipulate the press or violating the principles of free speech and a free press will immediately be fired. 
I urge Congress to take similar stance with facts and logic. That's why I am an outspoken supporter of H.R. 46, the One Bill, One Topic Transparency Act. If Congress has any desire to get on my good side, they will pass H.R. 46 out of the House Judicial Committee, where it has been sent to die for the second time, and put it on the floor of the House for a vote, so that we, the people, can see who really is in Washington to represent us, the people, and who's there just to be a party hack and play the political games. Now, I've had no questions from the phones or from the website. So, uh, once again, the phone line is open, 512-248-8252. Your questions for the new political candidate, the new presidential candidate. And you can also go to Peter for president.com peter the number four president.com and click the chat button and send a message from there i'm being told that we're going to have to take a break for the radio networks so hopefully after the break maybe we could get some phone-in questions and instead of all these obnoxious reporters here in the room by now, I'm sure you know you can use the code LIGHTHOUSE and save up to 66% off at MyPillow.com. Did you know that you can also use the code LIGHTHOUSE at MyStore.com? MyStore.com is Mike Lindell's rebuttal to Amazon. MyStore.com is American products produced by American entrepreneurs. So use the code LIGHTHOUSE and visit MyStore.com to support American businesses. Settle down. Better down. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we have our first call-in question for the new presidential candidate who called in to the toll-free number 800-313-9443, Sarah in Oregon. What is your question? My question is, how are you going to deal with the education system? Ah, education. That is a fabulous question because I personally believe that the federal government should have no role in education at all. It is not one of the things listed in the Constitution as an enumerated power. And to be quite honest, since the creation of the Federal Department of Education, we have spent more money 
than all but one other developed nation, more money per student, and yet our test scores and rankings continue to slide downhill. Everything the government touches becomes far more expensive and far more complicated. And, well, we shouldn't have the government in our education for those reasons. Thank you. Then, next question, please. Hi, Jimmy from uh, Billy Bob's Bait and Tackle Weekly. Uh, how do you feel about national language? Well, Jimmy, I feel the United States should declare English as a national language. Since 1990, our federal government has spent over three and a half billion dollars outsourcing translations for official documents. I see no reason taxpayers should have to pay that expense. Those who need the translation can pay that bill. Next, please. Hey, Peter, uh, soon to be president of the United States of America. This is Big Sarge from the Big Sarge Show. I got one question for you and one question only. What do you plan to do for veterans and how do you, well, two questions. How do you plan on taking care of veterans and what are you going to do to take care of veterans? Good luck to you. Well, to be honest, I haven't given that topic much thought. I am a disabled veteran. I do use the VA healthcare system and I've never had a major problem with it. It can take some time to get an appointment, but that's gotten much better since being allowed to get care out in the community outside of the VA system. I will say that there are two big problems under the general category of veterans, and that would be homelessness and suicide. Veterans suffer from both homelessness, homelessness and suicide at rates far greater than the general public. While I was the county commander for the American Legion, I attended what was supposed to be a roundtable discussion with then-Senator Pat Toomey on the subject of veterans' affairs. It turned out to be more of a campaign stop than a roundtable discussion. I got the impression that the senator was more interested in listing his so-called accomplishments than listening to new ideas. One idea that I put forth at that meeting would have been a step in the right direction related to both of these problems. The military and the VA should partner with the nonprofit veterans organizations, and the military should connect separating military members with the American Legion, the VFW, and the disabled American veterans. A veteran is far more likely to talk about their problems with another veteran than with any social worker or therapist. And I believe that connecting the veterans and getting them involved in these groups from the beginning would give them would give the veteran a, a sense of community and belonging that is often missing after separation. These groups all have programs designed to assist veterans with addiction issues and housing problems. Belonging to a community will help reduce the suicide rates as well. And uh, let's see, go to the phones for our next question. We have Rebecca in Kansas. Uh, yes, uh, Peter for President. Uh, I'd like to know, uh, as far, would you, as President, bring back the common law courts that are guaranteed 
to Americans under the Bill of Rights. I would do what I can to make sure that all of our federal government follows the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. As president, you only have so much power and influence over the other branches. But I will make a promise of pointing out anytime I see any of the other branches of government violating the principles of our Constitution or Bill of Rights. So you can't you can't say that that you could guarantee we would get our common law courts back. No, the okay. the head of the executive branch can't make a guarantee over what does or does not happen within the judicial branch. But I will do my best. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you for the question. And we have another question on the phone, Melissa in Maryland. Melissa. Hi there. What's your question? Okay, hi there. This is my question for you. Um, you may not have a response to this yet. That's fine, but it should be on the dashboard for consideration. How are you planning on, we have 50 states to deal with, with 50 different sets of election law. How are you planning on getting access, ballot access in all 50 states or in enough states? that you can pull in the necessary vote? That is a good question. And okay. just, just like the previous question, there's only so much power a president has over the topic. The Constitution grants the states most of the power over elections. Congress can, of course, pass laws. They have that overriding authority. But as president, I wouldn't be able to do anything via executive order. But like with the common law courts, I can certainly point out and use the bully pulpit to point out when states are doing things wrong or when states are doing things well and create the pressure on the states that are doing the things poorly to behave more like the states that are doing things well. There's no reason we should be two weeks after an election still waiting for results. Okay, so... uh do you consider that an answer to the question? Because every state has different ballot access laws. And like in my state, as an example, it's more or less effortless to be a write-in candidate. So right. I just wondered if you were going to go that route to mostly be a write-in candidate or if you had planned on actually having uh, your name on the printed ballot. I'm sorry. I thought you were asking about the uh, just election integrity type things, not my own personal oh. No, as of now, I would have to be a write-in candidate. I don't have a team of people in all 50 states to gather the required signatures and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I have already said I will refuse the nomination from the Democrat or Republican Party. So ballot access will be difficult. So you're looking at write-in. Okay, that's good for us to know. Thank you. Thank you. Next question, please. Jacques Scratch from iItchy News. Two-part question. What will you do about the invasion of our southern borders? And what is your plan for our energy needs? Thank you. Well, the invasion at our southern border is greatly restricted by simply enforcing the laws already on the books. 
As the chief executive in charge of law enforcement, I plan to enforce the laws as written. Congress wants wants the fight over immigration. They have had decades to pass laws to solve the problem and have chosen not to. By enforcing the laws as written, I will out Congress. I will put them on notice that they must pass appropriate legislation or deal with the consequences of real enforcement. And as to your second question, our energy needs can be satisfied within our own nation. We have abundant resources within the borders of the United States. And as president, I will get government out of the way. I will immediately repeal any executive order restricting American businesses and will instruct the alphabet agencies to get rid of unnecessary and burdensome regulations. The United States was energy independent just a few years ago and will be again when you elect me to the White House. And on the phones, we have another question. Pat in Fort Worth. What's your question, ma'am? Yes, uh, I would like to ask you, uh, uh, didn't we have a Constitution party before, Harold Phillips? And uh, he, he, he made a faux pas. Uh, he was uh, traveling with his secretary or something. He had a wife at home. Uh, it didn't go over too well because the Bible says the, uh, to not to uh, 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 make uh, uh, false appearances or something. And and uh, and also Pat Buchanan, uh, when he was running for president, he made the mistake of standing up right next to uh, and, and getting an endorsement from the CPUSA, the Communist Party of the USA. So you know you can make little tiny mistakes like that. And there's one more one I want you to know. I have thirty. Usually for a constitutional convention on the balance of budget amendment, and you can't take back any of them, and all we need is 34, and they will be calling a convention on a balanced budget amendment. And I'll take my call. I'll take your answer off air. Thank you. Well, Pat, there, there was a Constitution party in the past, and at one point it was the third largest political party in the country. And there was some shenanigans that happened, and be quite honest, I've never looked into what those shenanigans were. The people in the party say that they were infiltrated and taken down, and other people say other things, and I've never really investigated. But the Constitution Party still exists. It never went away. It has shrunk in size. It, I believe it is now the fifth largest of the five national political parties, but it can only grow with our help. Whether they have five members or five million members or however members they have. They're the only political platform that I have ever seen that ties everything back to the Constitution, that that stand, that stand mentions the Bible and God throughout their party platform. I, I really recommend everybody out there to investigate the Constitution Party platform itself, not the people, not the groups, not the organizations in your area. Go, like, download and read the official party platform. Or you can check back at peterforpresident.com. I will be updating my party platform, my personal stance, 
throughout the coming year, and you'll be able to keep checking back there. You can also, don't forget, go there now, Peter for the president.com peter the number four president.com you can click the chat button and send me a question now and as far as the convention of states pat i've gone back and forth on that idea many times i like the idea of we the people calling a convention and we the people creating the amendments that our government has to follow my one question has become if our government now can ignore the first second fifth amendments they can ignore all of our rights in the constitution as a whole how will a new amendment be any different that's that's where i am next question please yeah hi this is lance ripka i had a question for the presidential candidate uh i was wondering with everybody always on the left and the right over the last like 20 years talking about false elections and false voting, what would you do to secure elections to make it where everyone would have faith in the system, whether they're Democrat or Republican? Well, thank you for your question, Lance. And you're right. No matter where you stand on the political divide, election integrity has been an issue for decades. Claims of ballot fraud and, and have been brought by both sides. But the fact remains that whether fraud is widespread or not, there are plenty of people who question election results. We cannot have a stable republic if millions of people question the validity of the democratic portion of our republic. As president, as I said earlier, the Risley isn't much I can do about that. However, I can use the bully pulpit. The Constitution grants states control over the election process, and I plan to call out rules in states which feed the belief in fraud. I will pressure the state's attorneys general to audit their rules and their processes to bring transparency to the process in their state and hopefully restore faith in that process. I would like to add that working as a mailman for several years makes me question the wisdom of no excuse widespread mail-in ballots. Far too much of Official election mail is sent to wrong addresses, and far too many people handle every piece of mail. There is no clear chain of custody. Elections are far too important to not have a secure chain of custody. Going back to a question on the phone, Jim in Missouri. What's your question, sir? Good evening, sir. I have one question, and then I have a follow-up, depending on your answer. In your opinion, who, in fact, elects a president? The Electoral College Correct. is, is the official uh, electors. And yes, sir, state, correct. Each state so decides the, the, how the, to award those electoral votes. Whoop, say that again. The Electoral College is the electors, and each state decides how to award the electoral votes that they are granted from representation. Exactly. Based on that, would you please educate us on the processes that the states are bound by to seat electors to the college? Ah, that's a good question. I don't really know that. 
I don't well, know. I can tell you I what I did when I researched it, and I researched it in depth. At the time when I did this, <clears throat> it was said that in each state the dates may differ, but in July of the year of a presidential election, the parties are allowed to submit a list of candidates to the governor of the state of the people he would be able to choose from. Now, the real important part on this is, when I researched it, it defined what the parties are. And in the business of, of picking for the, for the governor, or I mean for, for the parties to, to submit a list of candidates, that party had to have received at least 15.1% of the common vote in the previous presidential election. That is why a guy like Ross Perot led us down a path that was absolutely impossible because he started a party called the Reform Party, and the Reform Party had not been in the previous presidential election, therefore not one governor could accept any potential a list of, of potential candidates for the for for the reform party. And that meant that if Ross Perot had gotten every single one of the votes in in, in the common thing, he could not have received one single uh, uh, vote from the Electoral College. That is so important that people understand these BS processes that we have for 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 all all of the the common election. It means absolutely nothing. The only right. thing that counts is who is appointed by each state's governor to the electoral college. You're absolutely right. There's far too much involvement from the parties the part the two parties in control now have written all of the election laws the ballot access laws and in this case i'm sure they had their hand in the electoral seating rules the two parties in control the two halves of the uniparty are the problem absolutely but the, the real problem comes in who can a governor appoint to the electoral college and if you, if your party, whatever, whoever you pick, hasn't been, uh, ha- hasn't received at least a substantial percentage of votes in the previous presidential election, you can't get one elector. I will have to look into that because I believe the governor can appoint electors other than the ones that the parties. It's oh, it's a matter can. of he, right. He can, but any anybody. Now this is this is probably well this is quite some time ago. It was when Ron Paul was running that I checked it the last time. He can appoint anybody he wants, but all the other parties have to do who want their electors in is say, "Hey, that party didn't have fifteen percent of the vote in the last presidential election." Right, but the parties are, are the parties are proposing electors to represent their party. And if their That's party, right. if their party doesn't win the statewide election, and the governor appoints electors from other people, then they get to go. They just don't get to no, have a no, pre-selected sir. list. 
No, sir. It, it, it goes back to the absolute definition in the state's constitution or election laws. What is a party? And when it states that a party must have received 15.1% of the common vote, the, the, the popular vote in the previous presidential election, that eliminates any chance for anything else. I will look into that and find an answer. You tune in next week, and I will find out how a third party can get in there. Yeah, it, that, that, it, 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 it's so important because both in, in the election when Ross Perot ran against Clinton and in when Ron Paul was in, <clears throat> there just was absolutely no way they could do it. Could I ask you one other question, please? Quickly, please. Okay. You say you're going to pay down the debt. How are you going to pay down the debt if you still have to borrow debt from the Federal Reserve in order to pay them back? Well, if you listen to the first part of the stance, it was to cut the size of the executive branch by 30% off the top. It has nothing That's- to do with financing a payment of the debt. Your only source of income is by borrowing money from the Federal Reserve at interest. Then what do we pay taxes for? If we stop you spending more than we bring in... Paying, no, sir. You pay taxes to partially pay off the amount of interest that the Federal Reserve is charging the government. Only partial, because that's why the national debt keeps increasing every year. The national debt keeps increasing every year because our government keeps spending a trillion dollars a year more than they bring in. That's why the borrowing has to happen. If we stop spending a trillion dollars a year more than we bring in, then we can start paying on the principal. No, sir. It, It simply is mathematically impossible. The debt is so ungodly high due to compounded interest on borrowed money, which the federal or yeah, the federal government has its only source is to borrow money from the Federal Reserve. That's been okay. So what's your solution? What's let's you put on your presidential candidacy hat and what's your solution? Just give up? No, absolutely not. But we have to be we have to understand for sure what we're doing. Well, number one, we got to stop spending a trillion dollars a year more than we bring in. That's step one. A fifth-grade math student should be able to figure that out. The money that we bring in is not spent by the government. We, what we bring in, I, I presume you're talking of taxes. Right, Doesn't taxes, even tariffs, come imports, yeah. close to meeting the, the, the interest on the national debt already. And this is, this, Ronald Reagan record, or, or reported this, John Kennedy reported this. It, right. it, it's, it's been for so long, that's why there is no way in the world you can that's ever... That's why you have to cut spending by 30%. Makes no difference to spending, because okay, you can't fine. pay back what okay. you don't have. Okay, all right, thank makes you. no difference. Then why bother? I, I, I might as well just give listen. up my candidacy. Then, if it makes I, no I, difference, I, then why bother? Well, maybe, but don't give the people false hope. If you can't even possibly get elected, if you don't understand the electoral process through the college, <laughs> I'll be listening next week to see what you come up with on that. I appreciate what for listening to me. I will. Okay. I will look it up. Thank you. All right. Thank sir. you for your call. Thank you. Next question, please. 
Holly from Damn It With Beaver. I want to know what you think of Elon Musk tweeting out Diet Coke and a gun. I know this is totally off topic, but but I think that this is what the public wants to know your stance on. Well, Holly, for starters, we pay way far, far too much attention to Twitter in the first place. I'm not familiar with that particular tweet or the context of it. But my initial reaction, based solely on your description, is, well, what could be more American than guns and Coca-Cola? You bring up a topic, a hot topic, the topic of guns. I own firearms. I won't say how many or what kinds, because that information is none of anybody's business. I believe the Second Amendment shall not be infringed is the most clearly black and white statement in the Constitution. I believe that darn near every firearm law we have is an unconstitutional infringement. I stand contrary to our current president's repeated statement that, well, you couldn't own a cannon when the Second Amendment passed. Well, in 1791, not only could you own a cannon, you were encouraged to do so. You could also own a warship armed with dozens of cannons. The American citizens should be as well armed as the government trying to control us. And we have a Another question on the phone, Lynn, in, I believe that's Maryland. Thank you very much, Mr. Seraphine. Um, if it's possible, I have two questions, so I'll hurry so you'll have time. Um, President Biden stepped into the railroad union's um, negotiations um, with that law that actually, you know, took care of our air, air flight controllers years ago. Right. And um, the Senate Republicans today voted down the bill that would have given the workers one week of sick leave. And I'm wondering what you think about both of those. And then my second question is, and then I have one more thing I'm going to say. Um, what is your your belief on presidential pardons, especially in regard to the January 6th riot at the Capitol for those who have already been convicted? And then I would say... That between veterans and families of veterans and family caregivers, you just may have enough signatures to get your name on ballots in quite a few states. So thank you very much. Well, thank you, but I don't have time to answer. It is break time. And then when we come back from break, I'm going to have one of those January 6th prisoners' wives as a guest, Angel Harrelson. So be back in three minutes. Show's over, folks. At Romica Designs, we're more than just a laser engraving and specialty design company, much more. I'm Ron Phillips, co-owner of Romica Designs, and we're honored to work with our affiliates like Liberty Lighthouse to bring you professional laser engraving and customization. 
Great for one-of-a-kind gifts, home decor, business, and specialty items, or personalized and logo designs created just for you or your company. Allow Romica Designs and Liberty Lighthouse to become your go-to gift and specialty project partner. Romica Designs can help make your ideas a reality. We're ready to help you design and create that special gift for any occasion or engrave your personal or business logo on just about any product. All you have to do is simply email us with your ideas. We specialize in custom design and we'd be honored to have the opportunity to discuss it with you. Visit us on the web at romicadesigns.com and use promo code LIGHTHOUSE during checkout to support Liberty Lighthouse with Peter Serafine. The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must teach America back Main Street to Wall Street City and State National Intel Report for Thursday, December 1st, 2022 I'm your host, Peter Serafine I hope you enjoyed that little bit of radio theater in the first hour I had a lot of fun with it I still had like six more pre-recorded questions I didn't get to answer Got a question through the website, peterforpresident.com and uh, didn't get to that one either. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to answer those questions in video format. And I will post them on the website, peterforseraphine.com or peterforpresident.com. If you want to follow up and check it out, I plan on doing that pretty much all year. I'm just going to keep adding stuff to the website. Hey, you know, when you buy a domain, you have it for at least a year, even though I bought it just for that bit. But I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Like I said, we got Angel Harrelson, wife of Kenneth Harrelson, on the line with us for this second hour. Before I bring her in, though, I want to play the second Liberty Minute I did about Kenneth and the polls. Kenneth Harrelson has been a political prisoner for 552 days. I'm Peter Serafine with today's Liberty Minute. There is now a trial date. On September 27th, the first group of Oath Keepers will be tried by jury. The trial could last months. Disabled American veteran Kenneth Harrelson will have spent 566 days in prison before the first day of his trial. In the meantime, the VA cut the benefits paid to his wife before any trial or conviction. It doesn't matter what you think about the events of January 6th. Your political ideology doesn't matter either. This is wrong. The United States does not hold political prisoners. We have the right to a speedy trial. Our, our country, our constitution, does not allow citizens to be treated this way. I do not recognize the republic that I love anymore. Find more news and commentary. So that was, uh, well, that was back in November. November? I think, no, I don't know, October. I forget what month that was. Anyway. Welcome to the show, Angel. Thank you very much. I'm glad we finally were able to connect to do this. Thank you. Yeah, I just, all the stuff that's been going on, it's just been hard to fit in anything in the schedule. 
oh, I understand. Um, I, I, as you know, I, I sent them to you. I, I caught your, your husband's story caught my eye back in uh, June, and I did one of my my Liberty Minutes, and then again, you know, three months later, and then now, just just uh, was it yesterday or the day before yesterday? You you got verdicts, but before we get to that, let's yeah, like your husband was you know Kenneth was a member of the Oath Keepers. Correct. Did he have did he have a leadership position in the in the in the I don't know do they call them posts or chapters or no no leadership position okay I didn't think so but I just thought I'd ask. Now I was never a member. Yeah, he of, was. He was at the bottom. He was at the bottom of the totem pole. Okay. I was never a member of the of of the Oath Keepers organization, but I I do I consider myself an Oath Keeper. I mean, I swore that oath back on uh, December thirty first, nineteen ninety, and I have resworn that same oath many times in many different jobs and different positions different roles and it's actually quite honest why I do this show why I wrote my books why I do everything that I do is because I feel that I need to stand up for our constitution so I, I understand the idea of the oath keepers I don't personally I, I doubt that they're anywhere near the right wing conspiracy nut job group that the media tries to present them to be um, so right. Kenneth he was a member of the oath keepers he did actually enter the Capitol building, correct? Correct. Okay. Now, if I remember right, you said he was one of the people trying to help somebody. Yes, he um, he was trying to help uh, Capitol Police Officer Harry Dunn. And we've actually shown the video, but the video was denied in the courtroom. They wouldn't allow the video to be played in the courtroom. The video showing your husband trying to help a Capitol Police officer. Correct. Why did they not allow it to be played? What reason did they give? It was not relevant. They went off of uh, Harry Dunn's uh, statement on the stand instead of off of his 302 statement that that says the truth. So so the it statement the story the statement that he made on the stand doesn't match the statement he wrote in his notes. And nope, does not match the statement that he gave the FBI. And and you weren't allowed to present or your husband wasn't allowed to present evidence that he was lying. No. Well, that no. doesn't sound shady at all, does it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I know. It does. It's shady completely all the way around. No, it, it, it's it's clear to anybody with eyes. Any anybody who who is capable of fogging a mirror, as they say, can see that the, the that yeah. the the people in prison are in prison as political prisoners. As I pointed out in the Liberty Minutes, you know, like we have plenty of laws that that require speedy trials and, and put time limits on them, but they were all ignored for these people that were yeah. uh, arrested for January 6th. Let's talk a minute about yeah. the January... He's been, uh, he's been in... 
But he's been in for 631 days. 631 days. And the the verdict came out, was it yesterday or two days ago? Yes, it was yesterday. It was just yesterday. So he, he was in jail for 630 days before he was convicted of anything. Was was he given the opportunity to post a bail or a bond at all? No. So not I. even not not even an outrageous, you know, like thirty million dollar bond or anything like that. They just nothing. Nothing denied. Wow. His due process was denied all the way around. Absolutely. I mean, that's perfectly clear. Let's talk about you for a moment. So you're yeah. home. Um, I'm actually not home right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're probably, in, I'm going to guess I you're am, in D.C. I am on, nope, I am actually on my way to go see my son graduate boot camp tomorrow. Very nice. What branch? Army. Which branch? Army. Good for him. Mm-hmm. And 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 your husband being yeah. in jail didn't didn't change his his opinion or anything like that. He still wanted to serve. No. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're breaking up a little bit there. Grandfather. Oh, it's because of the area. Can you hear me good now? Yeah. Yeah, you. You you broke up for a minute, but you came back. Okay. Okay. So your husband gets VA benefits, is and and he's was he medically retired? Is he a disabled vet in that way? Yes. Okay. So he's medically retired. Connected, disabled. Okay. I just want to make sure I have all the facts because I, I've taken a lot of interest yeah. in this case because you know I, I have a service connected disability, but it's only like thirty percent or something like that, and it. No, I, I don't quite get all of this, but he's he's medically retired, service-connected disability, medically retired, meaning he gets a paycheck from the VA and free right. medical care, medical care. And the Biden Justice Department right. instructed the VA to cut all of that off. Correct. Did that happen? Did you did you lose all of that benefits? I lost uh, I lost all the income. Um, I was able to keep the medical because it went through years. Okay, but you lost all the income. It, but, yeah, and he lost his VA medical. Okay, now it's my understanding that that you know legally uh, a disabled veteran loses all of those benefits if they're convicted of seditious activity, I think, is the vague wording used in the law. Correct. Um, I actually studied up on that, and I did my homework on it. I also typed up a letter to give the Congress, but it has not made it that far. I've given it to one congressman. But the, um, the code they use, is for the sedition conspiracy charge, and that's the reason why they um, discontinued his uh, benefits 
But was- according even according to that code, he would he would have to be convicted, a convicted felon and sentenced because it would not stop until seventy days no, sixty days after he is sentenced. And it's in their it's in their record. That is <laughs> what is stated. But they cut it off in September. Okay. So, so the law says if convicted of seditious conspiracy, then you lose all of these things sixty days after sentencing. But you lost them or he lost right. them. Like thirty days before I there was even a trial. Lost all of it. You lost all yeah. of it bef- like thirty days before there was even a trial, let alone a conviction. Correct. Is is there any hope of you getting that in any of that money back in back pay? I'm hoping because he was found not guilty of sedition conspiracy. Right. The one, the big one that, that he was charged with was lost. So he was charged with nine counts. Yeah. The, the most serious of them, the one that he was was charged, he was charged with six counts. He was charged with nine, according to the, to the document that you just sent. He was charged with nine. He was not guilty on one, two, three. Yeah. Okay, let's go through them. So count one was cons- was seditious conspiracy. And that's the one that, that you know, by law, he would lose all of his, his VA benefits. But he was not guilty right. on that. And that's the one they use. That's the one they use to lose his benefits. Right. But he's not guilty now. So Correct. as far as I, I can't see any reason why you shouldn't be able to get you know, three months of back pay for that. But we'll see. Because, you know, there's also no reason that he should have spent 630 days in jail before before he was convicted of anything. All right, count two right. was conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding. And he was found now not guilty yeah. of that. Correct. All right. Count three was obstruction of an official proceeding and aiding and abetting. And he was he was found guilty of that. Count four, Correct. conspiracy to prevent an officer from discharging any duties. He was found guilty of that, even though you just said that he was trying to help a police officer. Correct. Count five, destruction of government property. And aiding and abetting, he was found not guilty. And count, oh, right. says, count five, count six. Oh, you know what? It says count nine on the last line. It is count six, but it says count nine. That's funny. There's a typo in the in the uh, in the verdict document. Uh, is it, anyway? It's oh. count six would be tampering and with documents or proceedings and aiding and abetting, and he was found guilty of that. So of the six, they got him on three. All right. Any idea when sentencing is going to happen? Not till next year, probably around February, March. And he's got to stay in prison until then. Yes. 
the get. judge, we already uh, tried to get the judge to release him, but he denied it. There is so much about this entire situation that, that really, really boils my blood to be polite about it. Oh, I um, know. I know. Um, and it's know, not even me. Thing is, is, yeah, well, they had the U.S. Marshals that were taking care of them inside the jail and um, at the courthouse. They have seen, they've seen the evidence, you know, while being in the courtroom. I've had some marshals and some FBI agents walk up to me and apologize to me for the way that Ken is being treated and the way that my family is being treated because he should be at home. He should have never been arrested. But I told him, I said, well, what you going to do? You know? But I really appreciate their apology. I accepted their apology. And, you know, it's just some some of them are good, some are not. Yeah. Yeah. Some are good and some are not. And then you've also got just the, the, this entire thing is just wrong. Like there are so many things wrong with the entire way that the January 6th events were handled. Like, like, so, so the FBI was able to use, you know, geolocation services from cell phones and find, you know, 600 people that supposedly, you know, committed crimes, but they can't find the guy who, uh, who planted the the so-called pipe bombs or the fake pipe bombs or the whatever they were at the DNC and the RNC, even though he was caught on three or four different cameras, they can't find that guy, but they can find everybody who stepped foot inside the Capitol building. Right. And and I find that very odd. Odd. That's a very polite way of putting it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I try to I try to be polite uh, I really try to keep a good head on my shoulders with all this going on well yeah I mean the entire situation is terrible like I, like I've said in the Liberty Minute this is un-American this is this is not what I swore my oath to, pr- to protect and defend this is not why I carry a badge with me today this is this is political prisoner this is banana republic stuff going on right now it's it's terrible yeah um yeah so of these these six charges are they all felonies or like because they don't yeah. the, the, the doc they're all felonies they're all felonies so your your husband is now a three-time convicted felon Correct. Wow. Because he walked into the yeah. Capitol. Yep. And because he helped the police officer. Wow. Oh man. I again yeah. I don't I, I don't know how you're doing this. I, I'm getting choked up just talking about it. Because I, the only reason why I'm not is because I have not stopped. I haven't stopped long enough to even think about it. You know, I got to think about making sure that our son has a good graduation tomorrow without any emotions. You know, 
I have to make sure everything's taken care of. When I get get home, after I get the truck from uh, up north, because I broke down on my way home from D.C., so I have to go back up there to go get the truck and come back down. So I have a lot going on that keeps me from falling apart. But right. the other thing that keeps me going is, and keeps my emotions in check, is I know he's innocent. And I'm not going to stop until he's exonerated. Period. I no, you, plan, we are going to appeal it. We are appealing. Good. You live in Florida. I'm not giving up on it. Correct. And all of this is, you know, he's in D.C. in, in, in what I call D.C. Gitmo. And I'm, you know, the trial was in D.C. So you've been traveling back and forth from Florida to D.C. as often as you can, I'm sure. Um, I was in D.C. for two months. I stayed in D.C. for the whole trial. Yeah. Wow. I was there every day. I, I even our anniversary was during the trial. Uh, our birthdays were during the trial. I went outside the jail and made sure he could see me from a window because they won't allow me to see him. Wow. When was the last time you saw yeah. him? In the courtroom. Okay, when was the last Did time you were like able to talk to him? Um... You mean physically or on the phone? <laughs> face to face. Face to face. Um, March tenth, two thousand twenty-one. Wow, you have not been able to have face. Face. You haven't had been able to even have a face to face conversation with him since he was arrested. No, he hasn't seen his kids since he's been arrested either. Oh my God! This yeah, this is completely un- how un- horrible un- it is. Okay. What? Yeah, and thousands of I people. I don't know if, he, if he's ever going to be able to listen to this, but he is my king, and he know he he's going to understand it if he ever gets to listen to this. And he's the love of my life, and I won't stop. Well, I'm fortunate enough to live with the love of my wife, and I can't imagine a almost what is this now? Almost two years without being able to see her. I, I I can't imagine what you're going through. I'm so sorry that you have to go through this. No, thousands of people are going to hear this. How can we help you? Our love is what keeps us together. That's it. Our love and our faith—that's what keeps us together. Good for you. How can we help you? How can the listeners help you make life just a little bit easier? Um, help me financially. Uh, I have to get another attorney for the. Uh, we had the government over there is also suing him, and I have to get another attorney for the lawsuit, the civil suit they sue. 
they're doing. And I also have to uh, figure out. I'm trying to. I'm trying to hold on to the house. He doesn't want me to sell the house, so I need. I need help paying my notes, my mortgage. My gift okay. to show is www. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Get, give, send, go. Give, send, go dot com forward slash G as in girl, 22, Z as in zebra, H as in Howard. So give, send, go got, dot com golf 22 zebra hotel. And I also have a sale. Uh, it's easy just to type my name in, and uh, it goes directly to my bank. All right. So Zell or Give, Send, Go, help Angel out. Her husband didn't do anything wrong. She didn't do anything wrong. She's a victim of the D.C. Gitmo, and she wants to keep her house. It's a reasonable thing. Hey, it's break time, Angel. We'll be back in three minutes after this commercial. delivery meal kits are so convenient, but most of them are so expensive. A couple of years ago, I tried the intro offers for 8 or 10 different home delivery meal kit services, and I settled on EveryPlate. EveryPlate is half the price of most home delivery meal kits, just $4.99 a portion. Use the link at liberty-lighthouse.com slash EveryPlate, and you'll save even more off that already affordable price. In fact, the intro offer starts under $2 a portion at liberty-lighthouse.com slash everyplate. Definitely something happening here, and it's not good. I, I just got a text message at somebody asking me to put out your donation information again. It is givesendgo.com. G22ZH. That's givesendgo.com slash golf22 zebra hotel. Or you can search Angel Harrelson in Zell. Now, right before we went to that break, Angel, you said that you're, he is being sued by, by whom? District of Columbia. He's being sued yeah, by okay. D.C. He's being sued. Um, there's District of Columbia. It's District of Columbia versus the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers. It's more than just Ken being sued. There but, is quite a few individuals being sued. Wow. 
and and being sued for what? Like yeah. what what does DC have involved? Like what is the the lawsuit? What how does DC have any in, involvement it's, in this at all? They trying they trying to sue for the damages in the city and stuff like that. It, it's really stupid. I mean, it's not a good thing because they already said it on video. And I also kept the recording of it, of the AG of D.C., admitting that he will, he will gladly make sure and don't care if the family, if he breaks the family, takes everything away from the guys or the family. He's already said it. I have it in recording, and I plan on taking that with me to court. This is an amazing story. Thanks. Yeah. Well, during the break, I I said to the producer to make sure that he puts your Give, Said, Go information in the show notes for this for anybody who who goes to RBN to look for, for this episode or downloads the episode. They'll be able to find it there. But I also said, you have, you personally, Angel, you you have strength that that I can't imagine, and I I can't imagine what you're going through, and I, and I can't imagine having the strength to continue to fight for as long as you have. And I hope you can keep up that fight. Now, everybody, I've been I've been told that many a times, especially in the courtroom. I didn't shed a tear in the courtroom. I refuse that, to give them that uh, that privilege. That's rather funny because I'm pretty close to shedding a tear now, sitting here in my own, in the studio in my own house. <laughs> I, would I you um, would you be okay with with uh, taking any calls or questions from listeners if they would like to call in? Yeah, that's oh yeah, that's fine. Well, if anybody has any questions for Angel, you know the phone line is five one two two four eight eight two five two. We're toll-free at 800-313-9443. We're talking with Angel Harrelson, the wife of Kenneth Harrelson, one of the January 6th prisoners. And, um, well, he, 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 he got screwed. He got screwed bad. He, he, yes, he entered the, the, the Capitol building, but he was there trying to help. He admitted that he entered it, but he went to help. He entered the wait. You're saying that he entered the building for the purpose of helping the officer. He was invited in to help. Yes. Invited in. I haven't. I've, I've heard that before. We've all seen the videos of the Capitol Police moving the barricades and allowing people in. I, I pointed out had, a long time. The judge did not. The, yeah, the judge denied that officer. And um, the retired officer from being our witness that uh, that helped all those officers from down the, from down the steps that everybody's seen. And did, did the judge give a reason for not allowing that testimony? Because it had nothing to do with the oath keepers that were on trial. What does their oath keepers? And the other individuals that was caught helping those 
stack of officers down uh, out of the Capitol were keepers. Wow. So, so, so the fact that he was a member of the Oath Keepers is actually his biggest crime. The fact that he he was a member of 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 a private organization is his biggest crime in all of this. Yeah, association. Guilt by association, exactly. That, which isn't supposed to happen in our country either. Oh my God! Yeah. All right, Angel. Isn't that something? Yeah. That, that I I I don't even know where to go. Like I'm seriously, I'm 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 I don't get emotional when I'm behind this microphone. Like I come in here and and I do my job. I I talk. I'm a show host. I I don't get emotional even when I tell emotional stories. I, but but this case yeah. is really, really bothering me. And I am going to do my best to bring as much attention to it as I can. But we have a call for you. Uh, Laura in Michigan yeah. on line one. Laura, what do you have for Angel? I'm sorry, ma'am, about your plight. I just wanted to tell you something. Glenn Beck interviewed an FBI agent whistleblower. Here's what he said. A lot of the guys who were locked up they were just on the grass. They didn't enter the Capitol building. What this guy, this FBI whistleblower said, is they didn't deem that grassy area restricted until the day after January 6th. The people who were on the grass were perfectly legal, public property. They didn't call it mm-hmm. restricted till the day after. That shows you what dirty dogs they are. There's a lot of dirty <laughs> stuff that going on. I mean, I, I, do you know the you know about the Columbus doors as they're called the the uh, the giant bronze doors, yes. Laura? No, I don't. Okay, so the the doors that enter the Capitol Rotunda are are ginormous, multi-ton bronze doors that have magnetic locks that can only be unlocked from the inside. And it's a double it's a it's a double security door. Like you go through these ginormous bronze doors and then get to another set of glass doors before you can be let in. But yet we've all seen the videos of people just walking through the Capitol Rotunda. Those Columbus doors could take a, a, a artillery shell and not come off their hinges. So they were Clearly, those people were let into the Capitol. Right. You, you, you can't give facts and truth to people who won't, who are lawless, you know? This is our problem. We're yeah. lawless. Yeah, yeah, they won't listen. They won't, they won't look at truth. Well, I'll just want to tell you, the whistleblower, FBI guy, he gave his name to Glenn Beck as Stephen, Stephen Friend. You want to look it up? He, um, he was one of our witnesses, and he got denied. <laughs> was he? He was denied. Yeah, he was denied as our witness. Uh, let's see. Anything you try to, to, you know, to prove your innocence, they won't let you. That that brings up a good point, 
Angel, what evidence were you allowed to present on behalf of your husband? Not very much. It wasn't much at all. I mean, they've, they've actually hardly ever spoke his name. They hardly presented anything on him that would even convict him of anything. And that's what I'm surprised because they're a running joke in the courtroom between the prosecutors and uh, the defense uh, attorneys was he was a ghost because they barely mentioned him. So there were five members of the Oath Keepers that all, were all tried together, correct? Correct. One of them being uh, Mr. Rhodes, the the. I don't know. I don't remember what his title is. The president, the CEO, yeah, the founding, whatever. The guy, the guy in charge. Uh, yeah, he's the founder. He's the founder. They got him for conspiracy. Yeah, I think they got Whenever him. they give somebody right. a conspiracy charge, because they don't have any hard facts to uh, to indict somebody on. Yeah, they got on they real got facts. Him. Yeah, they got him for sedition, conspiracy, seditious conspiracy over. Right. Word, And it's recently come out that the number two person in the Oath Keepers was an FBI informant. So if there was this seditious the conspiracy, Mr. Rhodes could have been arrested before January 6th and have avoided this entire situation. Correct. I just wanted to say my that was my thought. Oath keeper. If they want to get my husband, he's in the military cemetery, so they can't <laughs> grab him now. <laughs> no, but I bet he's voting Democrat. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> well, thank you for taking my call. Thank you for calling, Laura. Thank you, Laura. Anybody else that, out there that would like to call in, uh, 800-313-9443. We're talking with Angel Harrelson, wife of Kenneth Harrelson, January 6th political prisoner that was just found guilty of three felonies because he had the audacity to walk inside the Capitol building after being invited by the Capitol Police and coming in to actually assist the Capitol Police. So your witnesses were denied. Your video was denied. Your your husband was, was basically not even mentioned during the trial. You said he was referred to as the ghost. But yet they still found him guilty of right. three felonies. The jury, Is, they really did not understand these charges at all. They did not understand them at all because the way everybody was either guilty or not guilty, it's almost like they just took a guess. Like they played, um, you know, like they played tic-tac-toe or something. All right, you get the O and I get the X and we're going to mark. <laughs> it's, it's really ridiculous. Because this is wow. what it looks like. They didn't understand what they were uh, into. Well, I mean, and to that point, I mean, 
your husband was found not guilty of conspiracy to to obstruct a proceeding, but then he was found guilty mm-hmm. of obstructing a proceeding. So he, I, I, <laughs> I, know I don't understand the logic. So, so I, the only thing I can think of the logic there is that, well, yeah, he did it, but he didn't plan to do it ahead of time. No, he had, there was no plan whatsoever at all. That's what I, you know, they've already made that clear, but you got CNN and CNN and ABC on the news now saying all five of them got charged with sedition conspiracy. And According to the jury, they had a plan to attack the Capitol, but they had no plan whatsoever. It's a complete lie in the big media right now. And that was today that was mentioned. Wow. Oh. The Scott Fairlane was one of them. I well, I haven't seen anything. To be honest, I haven't seen anything on, on, on the news. Um, I, I saw... You know, uh, some headline somewhere that that the verdicts were in, and I actually had to go to your Twitter feed to see where somebody posted all of oh, the wow. verdicts on your Twitter feed. I, I I saw a headline, but you know, they all talked about Mr. Rhodes, but nobody mentioned any of the other defendants at all. Mm-mm. And I I no, found they're it. They're not going to because they're too low. Too low, right? Too. Too small to be worried about on the national news, but big enough that they can be found guilty of three different felonies and held in jail for yep. 630 days before they're even found guilty of anything. This, um, yeah. Like I said, I, I, th- th- this entire situation is, is, is very upsetting to me. This will be a, a, a full, complete two years before he even sees the sentencing. And then when we appeal it, we don't know how long that could take. Right. Because um, we're fixing a father appeal. And and I, and I'm going to guess that the option of time served is is not not going to be uh, acceptable oh, no, still, to the prosecution it's, it's people. Still be. It's still they, they don't have a choice. The judge is going to implement that in there anyway. But they still get the time served. Yeah, they get the time served. But, I mean, sentences going to come around. And, I mean, he, he could get several oh, more yeah, years. They, yeah. He could still he could still look at, um, what's it, five, five, and top, give or take 15, 20 years. He could, if they give him the max. I'm sorry. What was that? Say that again. He could still get how many more years? If you think about it, um, for the tampering one, he can get up to five years. Okay. For the obstruction, he can get uh, five to ten years. For the um, conspiracy one, he can get around ten years. So give or take, you're still looking at a lot of years. As much as 25, 25 years minus two years time served. Okay, so he so, could yeah. potentially be 23 more years in jail. Yeah. And he's already in his 40s. That's disgusting. I mean, I'm sorry. 
Uh, John in Colorado, line one. What do you have for Angel tonight? Yeah, hi. Uh, hi, John. Yeah, uh, Angel, it, it, I didn't get to hear the whole story, but I heard a lot of about it. And I've read, with uh, thanks to publications like American Free Press, who've written a lot of articles about what goes on inside the prisoner's face and uh, some of the appalling conditions they had and uh, harassment they received. Oh, yeah. And uh, I don't know what your, your husband has got as much as what I read, but uh, I believe it happened. But I, I just appalling what is let this go, especially when, you know, it's not to get you a conspiracy, you know, to do what? And uh, like I said, they, you, your husband was found trying to help a police officer get uh, hurt, and uh, they pull him and leave him in there for, you know, up to this point without a, yeah, without a trial for, you know, what, over 300 days or something. And it comes out like that. It just makes you so angry. You just like to go and grab Nancy Pelosi, who's supposed to be in charge of that security, and throw them in a throw them in a slammer and just let them rot. My opinion, but um, you know, I feel what that's nice to hear. Someone like a family who's talking about what went on. Um, I didn't know this. Did you get any visitation? No. I didn't. I haven't seen. I haven't seen my husband physically, and talked to him personally since March of last year. Yeah, that's you know, like I said, you can go to anyone. You see murders, rape, anybody, and you know, you know, plenty of time. You have to, you know, they, for visitation, unless they uh, messed up something that yeah. they were, you know, against to think that uh, this happens, and and for what reason? Like I said, and yeah. That's that's. The state of the uh, what happens, like I said, the media is completely silent. You know, they and I know they're always because they would never write in any of their stuff about. Well, they had a um, the number two guy. He was a part of the uh, work for the uh, work the FDR whatever. I can't think Informer. of the name now. The, the uh, yeah, informer, and they let. Let that go by, but that's we know because the government lets it happen. So these things can get uh, done, and uh, the uh, yeah, well, and go, he admitted even the inform, even the uh, oathkeeper informant that testified. They've even stated there was no plan. <laughs> but anyway, they had it, and they just you know nothing. Nobody knows that. Until shows like this bring it out. So I could talk yeah. all night, but thank you very much for speaking <laughs> up for everything. And, and I hope more people can hear this and uh, get enough uh, over in this, especially when the new will, Congress comes in. I will speak out more. I will be on more shows and all that stuff. I will speak out more. I was just, it's just right now, is having to get all this stuff behind me. Well, thank you very much My son's graduating uh, boot camp. Thank you, John. Thanks for your call, John. Angel, you're welcome back on my show anytime. Have any thank politicians <laughs> reached out to you at all in any way, shape, or form? Any of our elected officials <laughs> made any contact with you? I've only had one, and it was my local, and the only reason why he reached out to me was to help me with my VA situation. 
and that didn't last very long because I have not heard back from him since. But no one else will touch anything that got to do with J six. Yeah. There's only I think I can only think of two off the top of my head that are making any effort at all to to ever mention it. Marjorie Taylor Greene, she is one of them. Yeah. And I can't even think who the other one is right now off the top of my head, but there there were two that I thought of when I when when we were planning this. I would uh, and uh, John uh, the, Louis Goldmart was another one. John brought up a, 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 a topic that I wanted to talk about, and that was conditions. There's tons of reports of, yeah. of absolutely horrible conditions and and extended stays in solitary and all kinds of stuff like that. Um, has Kenneth been uh, subject to any of those terrible things? Yes. Um, not over there. He has not been uh, subjected to solitary, like into the whole, what they call the whole. Solitary confinement, they are all still dealing with the solitary confinement. They are still being on lockdown. They only get a certain amount of time of recreation um, outside, which is vitamin D. They need, they need the sunlight. But their nutrition is horrible. They have to eat commissary food, which is still bad for their health. My husband is one of, one of them that is having to deal with. Uh, he's now pre-diabetic because of the nutrition. And there's there's people that has cancer sitting in there not getting the correct treatment. Wow. It's, it's DC jail. They should. They really need to shut that place down. Yeah, that's not the first I've heard that. Tell you what. Seminole County Jail is is a is a, a five star hotel compared to this place. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm, about I'm my husband surprised. out of my husband's mouth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thomas in New Mexico on line five. What do you got for us tonight, Thomas? Um, yeah, um, thank you for taking my call. My heart goes out for your guest on. That's on the on RBN today. Thanks for, and um, I just want to say, I I don't know if, if I can help the guest, but I have a radio, a live, I have a live radio podcast. I'm also on BitChute. I could probably, if if I can, just give my email address out. If this, if this, your guest wants to email me. If she wants, I could probably get her also. She could be any time if she wants to be on my live podcast. It's on TalkShoe. It's called TalkShoe, a TalkShoe podcast. Um, All right, email Thomas, just, me. I was going to say, just so I we get can my write, email address out? Why don't you give your email address to uh, to Mike, the producer that answers the phone? So that he can type yeah. it out in our little chat, and we'll share. I'll I'll get it to Angel, and that way we, you know, reading it over the over the air might we might mess it up. Okay, and if you could pass it on, <laughs> if uh, yes, the producer you. can pass pass it on to Angel. We'll we'll get it. We'll make sure she gets it. Okay, thank you. What do thank I do? You, just Tom. stay on the call. Yep, just stay on the line, Mike. Get the email address from him, please. All right, 
I'm, I, I want to go back to the conditions there, Angel. You had said, um, okay. uh, it's not, he's not in the hole. He's not in solitary, but he's, you, you used a word and I'm, I'm not, I, I've never been in jail. I'd never been in prison. I'm not sure what it was, but it, he's, um, the, they're still, they're, they're not in the hole, but they're still in solitary confinement because, uh, they're still in lock. They're still basically in lockdown, but not a full-on lockdown. If you understand what I'm saying, you know how whenever they tell you you got to be on lockdown because of COVID, right? They still do it. They still doing the COVID thing in there, and um, they don't get. But they don't get. But maybe I think an hour outside, you know, recreation time, if that. But. My husband, he takes his recreation time and his um, time out of his cell to call me. Speaking of, he's trying to call me now. Ooh, can you three-way you us? If, uh, take like a minute break? I was going to say, can you three-way call us My together? Husband, I'm going to try. Hold on. We've only, only got a couple of minutes left so hopefully she can figure this out we can at least hear Kenneth's voice for a minute or two it would be very nice the first time that Angel and I tried to arrange this she was going to try to arrange it so that he could be on the phone at the same time but like I said we've been working on this for a couple of months but like she said she's been very busy lots of traveling in DC the whole time for months for the entire two or three months of the trial trying to keep her house and all of that kind of stuff. And please help her with that. Again, give send go.com slash golf two two zebra hotel G two two Z H at give send go.com. <clears throat> and when you, when you go to that site, you'll see angel and Kenneth in the picture, Kenneth in his uniform. So that, you know, retired army Sergeant, Harrelson Kenneths. And unfortunately, we're out of time. So I guess we're not going to get to say goodbye to Angel or hear Kenneth's voice. But if you're listening live on Republic Broadcasting, stay tuned for The Edge of Darkness with Jeffrey Bennett. Thanks to our guest, Angel, for joining us tonight. Best of luck to you. Thank you, Mike. The producer couldn't do it without you. Thank you, the listeners. You're why we're here. Until next week, protect your liberties. Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America. It's the least we can do for the red, white, and blue. We must take America back. We must take America I'm Peter Seraphine, and So Simple Even a Politician Can Understand is my latest book. It is a book of simple ideas that would go a long way towards fixing some pretty big problems in our government. It is an easy-to-read short book that uses common sense, something seriously lacking in our government. Order your copy for less than $10 wherever books are sold or at liberty-lighthouse.com books. 